Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. This episode contains language and content of an explicit nature. Listener discretion is advised. Before a song is released, a record is produced, or a chorus is written, the musicians that write them think a lot. They live a lot, and they feel a lot. Before the chorus dives into the stories and experiences that shape these artists, and ultimately, the music we hear. I'm your host, Sophia Lovercaro, and this episode's guest is Bully. Bully is the project of now-solo artist Alicia Bonano. Her third album, Sugar Egg, is all about letting go and embracing reality, even when the process of doing so isn't perfect. With its message shouted through wailing guitars and, well, literal shouting, the album provides catharsis and release for both the listener and for Alicia herself. I admit I'm someone who doesn't listen to a lot of things in the realm of punk, so it was kind of a newish experience for me, but the more I kind of let myself sit with the album, I just found myself getting really swept up in it and just feeling the catharsis that comes with the music that you make. And considering what a lot of the album is about, I felt like that was just a really good experience to have with it. Good. I'm glad. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, well, yeah, kind of a lot to dive into if you don't like usually have aggressive rock going. <laughs> it's kind of a specific mood, but I think that that it's uh, like dynamic enough to uh, cater to a couple different moods depending on how you're feeling. Totally, and it's definitely probably one of the most mood-oriented genres. At least I would think, because again, it really is just about intense feeling and visceral feeling. Yeah, yeah. And again, I think that really suits what you were trying to talk about on the album, because I at least got the sense that the sort of overarching theme of everything happening on Sugar Egg, Sugar Egg, I almost said Sugar Edge, I don't know where that came from, um, is letting go. So I saw a lot of letting go of shame, letting go of relationships, of codependency and bad attachments and I definitely want to dig into each of those individually um so but before we even do that I kind of want to get into the before the letting go part so I know that you were diagnosed with bipolar 2 disorder about what four or five years ago now yeah yeah 
And I don't remember where I read this, but I know that you were talking about adjusting medications while you were on tour for losing, which I I don't know how you did. Like, I know I got lucky with my own, like, antidepressant experience that I got it on the first shot, but I know a lot of people that have had horror stories with theirs. So, again, you, like, boss for being able to handle that the way that you did. Um, But second of all... I know that you said that it made you really worry about, like, what fans would think of you when you were performing and that you worried that, you know, they weren't going to, like, enjoy the music or they were going to walk out. Um, Was that something that you experienced for the entirety of the losing tour? I just was really in a bad place mentally. Like, as far as you were saying about those medications, there was a time when we were in the UK that I had to, like, get order in a prescription to up my medication and get it shipped to me within two days and pay like $200 in shipping. I had to get my mom to pick it up like in Florida. No one in my family lives in the same state. So it's like everyone is so scattered and she was the only one who could like send it over to her Walgreens and do it. So it was just a nightmare. There was just a lot going on. And I think like in general, I love performing because I always love performing and it's really therapeutic, but there was so much paranoia going on that I would try a bunch of different things before I played to try and not think about it. Like at one point I was supposed to write down everything I was paranoid about happening during the show and then burn it, like physically burn it with a match before I played. Like all these different things that I went through with my therapist to try and figure out because, and another thing that I'm kind of concerned about now that I'm sober is I just will focus. I just, my brain can just spiral so quickly and be like, you're going to forget your lyrics. You're going to forget your lyrics. You're going to fuck up this guitar part. You're going to fuck up this guitar part. And some of that is like, you know, anybody can have that. I think to the degree I had it, it was a little bit debilitating because it was just every night so exhausting that like inner dialogue. And um, now I've feel like I'm at a place where I just I'm like it's a show just do the best you can and of course there's still those moments where I'm thinking about it but throughout that whole tour it was just like you know before playing was just kind of a a nightmare to me yeah and it's so ironic I mean speaking from my own experience with having um, OCD so obsessive compulsive disorder the more that you accept that and be like okay yeah maybe I am gonna fuck this part up the less it actually happens, which is so annoyingly counterintuitive, but it's just kind of how it works. Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess you just have to think, like, so what? Like, so what if I did? Like, even if you did fuck that part up, like, you know, I don't know. And, like, barely anyone would probably notice, and even if they did, half the time they're on your side anyway. Like, literally nobody cares. (laughs) Yeah. Like one song I would get caught up on that I've been playing that was on the first record that I would forget the lyrics and I don't forget the lyrics. I would just psych myself out so much that it was like every night I would be like, I'm going to forget these lyrics. And it was just like, I could see the audience going on the journey with me of being like, God damn it. I forgot them. And then sometimes laughing it off. And sometimes I could just see them being like, what is going on with her right now? But that was the most frustrating part. Cause I think with guitar stuff, you can kind of bullshit, or at least that's what I tell myself. But like when you forget lyrics to a song you've been playing for five years, it's not as like, Uh, a seamless (laughs) of a fuck up it's just like there's nothing you can really do yeah that's definitely taunting um well 
I guess with that in mind, there's definitely some songs on this record that I get the sense very directly either address like bipolar disorder itself or you like addressing yourself sort of in the context of that. The songs that I sort of got that from were Where to Start and like Fire and then Stuck in Your Head. Is that like at all correct that that was sort of addressed in that direction? Definitely. I mean, Come Down and then Like Fire is just like to the T strictly about that um but mm -hmm, yeah so i think there was um a lyric of like where like the words ice bath and ambient are within like two lines of each other (laughs) i think for me i love it because it just really shows the contrast that you can experience when you're just going through this kind of stuff yeah all the little things that you kind of like depend on and hold on to to momentarily make you feel better Well, what do you find has helped you do more than, I guess, momentarily feel better? Because I know that you've really leaned into, like, meditation and therapy, which is awesome. Yeah, I, it's frustrating. I feel like I have to do so much, like, just to keep my head above water, and it's really annoying, but it's just, I just have to be diligent about it, and I'm still not, but exercise is huge for me. Like, if I don't exercise, my head can just go in like a million different directions and not only that but like my self-esteem plummets like I just don't feel well at all so that's really big for me um and then of course playing music but recently with the news being so grim um a big thing has been to like try and leave during the weekends like to try and go see something, go see a cave. There's like this park um, two hours away with massive trolls in it that I'm going to go see this weekend. But like little things that take your head outside of everything that's going on and just gives you a little bit of a break from what you're used to thinking about and worrying about have really helped me. Um, Yeah, those have been huge, especially during quarantine. Just there's, you forget that there's like still really cool things going on in the world that people have created or just that nature has created. Um, And so to remind yourself of that has been pretty healing. Also, like I'm constantly looking up different documentaries and podcasts and stuff. I feel really good when I finish a documentary. I mean, if I, yeah, most of the time, even if it's really dark, it just feels good. It's like a little lesson in something. And a lot of times they could be pretty inspiring too. So those mean a lot to me. For sure. But yeah, going back, I guess, to the theme of letting go, because again, that is the thing that I, I kept coming back to. The second sort of sub-theme of that that I found was really letting go of opinions and like traditional roles especially being a woman um the two songs that come up for me on that are every tradition and not ashamed and you're very much like telling anyone who doesn't you know like like the way you live or the things that you're going through to just like fuck off which is (laughs) wonderful Also, I love that Not Ashamed is definitely the loudest song on the entire record because it is so needed. And as someone who goes through my own stuff, it is really, really nice to just be able to shout that. (laughs) Good, good. Yeah, that's a heavy one for sure. But I mean, I can't like just kind of having always had like my own outlook on 
the steps that, you know, I'll take in progressing with my life as far as stereotypical, like, gender roles go. I just always remember kind of thinking back to when I was younger and vocalizing that I'm going to adopt one day or blah, 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 or just knowing these feelings in my body that that's just, I, I don't, I mean, basically want to have a baby in my body, <laughs> which I, I don't know. I mean, I'm constantly changing. There's no, I have no way of telling what's going to happen, but that the motivation behind that was more so for the people who judge it or say in a condescending way, like, Oh, you'll change your mind or you haven't met the right person. And it's just like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, how are you going to tell me what to do? Like what, what I want, like how my brain feels just go away. It's so, it's so rude. I don't know. It, it really is. I don't really care, but, uh, yeah, it's just frustrating. It's like, why are we having this conversation? Like, that's it's just wild. Yeah, I actually had a very similar conversation to this on the last episode of the podcast. I had this artist, Kay Young, on. She's uh, 34, and she's kind of in the same boat where, like, she has family being like, so when are you going to get married and have a baby? And she's like, I'm not doing that right now. Maybe later, but right now I'm making music, and that's none of your business, you know? Yeah, it's like when parents like force their kids to go to college and then their kids don't know what they want to do and they waste a bunch of money and don't graduate it's like just wait till they're ready when they're ready and they know what they want it's gonna work out a lot better yeah and speaking of something you said before about adopting I know again because like you said it's not a matter of I definitely don't want this or that it's I want to be able to choose what is right for me when it is right for me whatever that might be um and you've talked about training to be uh like a foster I don't know if it was a foster parent or like the kind of first stop for foster kids yeah yeah it's like an emergency foster care situation it would be as soon as they get taken out of their homes they would come stay for me with me for like a night or two until they find a more um, long-term foster situation, but it's been quite the process. It's like six months in it's uh, that I've been going through the training, I guess you would call it, or just the process of getting approved. Um, and yeah, so, but it's interesting. I mean, it's like a lot of trauma training and um you know, dealing with children who've been in abusive situations, different kinds of abuse. It's like, I think 85% of the kids that go through that program have dealt with something and um, just discipline and stuff like that is, I think the right way to do it is a lot different than what we know and what we're used to as far as just yelling and shame and stuff. It's like, that's not the way to go. Any form of bad behavior is just like a way of communication for a kid, you know? And um, yeah, it's been interesting. Yeah. What got you into that initially? Um, Before quarantine and everything happened, I had been volunteering at the women's shelter for like five years to go in and work with the kids for an hour or two. And it was easily the best part of my week just because it was like that hour or two where I just didn't think about anything that I normally worried about like it was genuinely just really fun kids are 
hilarious. And it was just gave me perspective that I needed and kind of like kept me in check, you know, whenever I was freaking out about something that didn't really matter and just kind of realizing and staying in tune with my privilege, I think was really important to me, but it was just really cool to like completely check out of everything else for like those two hours and just focus on that. And then the pandemic happened and I wasn't going to go over to the shelter, you know? And so I had been wanting to do this emergency foster care stuff because I had a friend who told me about it. She was in social work and um, I just never had the right time because touring would always come up. So weird. Now, since we're all quarantined, I can do it because I don't have any touring planned, obviously, for the foreseeable future. So, and even if, you know, I'll just keep going through the process until it happens. And either way, I'm like at least in the system now for the future. Um, But yeah, I just, I felt like this was kind of the first time in the past five years that I had the, the time to really go through the program. And like I said, I live alone and I have a spare room and I just, I I can. So why not? You know? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, coming back to those two songs and the idea of being able to just let go of shame and understand that, you know, we need to respect our own needs. I think that you're someone who would have the right kind of compassion and understanding for these kids, because you know, like you can't just put people in a box and expect a certain outcome from them. Yeah. I mean, I definitely have no idea what they've been through, but I I um, feel like I'm at least very receptive, you know, to have a conversation about it with them or for them to, to vent to <laughs> anything. Yeah, and I think that's all it can really be because, I mean, we don't understand everything that every other person is going through. We're humans. We can't control each other, but... Just being able to lean in and come in to, I guess, to that role with an open mind is already, like, not a bad place to start. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And it's good to be aware of, like, for everybody, too. I think it's really important to just, yeah, consider other people's situations. It's just getting out of your own bubble and out of your own, like, privileged space. I mean, we're seeing that a lot, obviously, now with conversations around the Black Lives Matter movement and realizing that it isn't just a problem that can be in isolation in one space. It's really, you know, those of us outside of those spaces that need to take charge and, you know, have the uncomfortable conversations. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, moving on to, again, one other sub-theme, if you will, is specifically talking about relationships and their role in letting go and healing and all of these things. Now, obviously, letting go isn't always a cathartic experience. In some senses, you know, we're letting go of things that are toxic. We're letting go of other people's opinions. But sometimes we're letting go of something that, despite its hard Um, despite the fact that it's hard to let go of that such as a relationship it's something that you're doing for yourself like you talked about a lot of the songs on this record being about um, giving up a relationship in order to be able to give yourself the time that you needed to heal Mm -hmm. yeah it's like RuPaul it's like you said if you can't love yourself how the hell are you gonna love anybody else that's like get an amen yeah he's the best she's the best uh (laughs) rue is the best (laughs) um 
Yeah, totally. I mean, I definitely find myself like easily falling into being very dependent on other people in relationships. And I'm very aware of that. And I think that a lot of times it'll just magnify things that I'm dealing with or struggling with instead of um, kind of fight them head on and learn how to deal with them. And when I wrote that song in particular, I was just in a really bad spot and I just didn't feel like I could a be fair to anybody and then b uh it's just too much it was just like way too much for me to deal with at the time but really a lot of times i think if you struggle with mental health stuff and i still don't really know how to navigate this but you do feel like a burden so often and and i've told this to the person that i'm dating and every time they're like you're not a burden at all but i think it's just being aware of not wanting to bring negativity to others um, or like I never want to be a toxic person and there's times when I just don't feel well and um, when I'm alone I can just kind of like isolate and and deal with it myself but then you get to that point in the relationship where you can't just really like shut off your phone for two days (laughs) Um, I guess you could but I wouldn't want someone to do that to me so um, yeah it's just definitely makes um romantic relationships difficult i still i actually just had someone bring that up for the first time in an interview and it was like cool to hear somebody else dealing with that because i hate that feeling it's like i have all the confidence in the world and then when i'm with somebody else or like start getting into a romantic relationship i can just feel my brain being like attach attach and me being like no don't do that that's not healthy we've learned this that's not okay learn to be okay with yourself but sometimes you just gotta get control of yourself I think so you don't pull someone else down with you yeah I mean it's something that's constantly on my mind that I'm like how am I gonna navigate this as someone who has these things and continuing on this like it's I mean it's very clear both in the way that you wrote both the song Come Down as well as Prism, like Fire, Let You, which all kind of have echoes of those themes and of those relationships. You're not someone who sugarcoats or tries to hide anything in your music. And obviously in this conversation, I can see that's the case as well. Is there a reason that you choose to be that way? I don't know when I got so blunt. I think that just being in the music industry and touring and being surrounding by dudes like I've kind of became this person that's constantly on the defense which I don't like but I also think just like you know being in charge and um hiring people and letting them go you just become a very uh, I don't know and and I don't know if blunt's the right word confrontational isn't the right word but I'm definitely not afraid of confrontation and I've definitely learned to just be very straightforward I like clarity I don't like miscommunications and I think that if something is wrong I'm definitely the kind of person who needs to just address it head on and get it over with before I move on I don't like creating space for things to to build up and yeah I'm not sure how or why that came or, or how that came to be in my writing I just I think a lot of the times I write for me and so it's like who am I sugarcoating it for you know (laughs) like I've thought about sugarcoating a lot of things that are 
dark that I wasn't sure if I went out there and then it just feels inauthentic to what I'm like really trying to say so um sometimes I think it's maybe like a little too cut and dry but I try and keep it on my radar so I'm not just like you know whatever like every tradition is a little I mean it's a very literal song but um yeah I don't know I just if it's like a, a serious topic that means a lot to me I don't think there's like a lot of room you know to to pretty things up or to candy coat it yeah and I don't think you necessarily should because that's how you get the point across like music's supposed to hit hard and if it does then it's done its job so there's nothing wrong with that also again like calling shit out is the best thing ever it's really good for your mental health because you know exactly what's going on yes in the biggest way like when i used to drink i would just even if i just had one or two like or just not even just in social situations if i was around someone i didn't know and got like a weird response about something or not even at all i would like create these situations in my head i just like got to the point where i was like to work this out of my system and to deal with it i just need to be like hey the other night i looked at you funny and i hope you didn't think it meant this but in my head it meant this and they just be like Alicia what the fuck are you talking about I did not even think twice about that but to have it off my chest is like so important because otherwise I would just hold on to that um I'm like way too sensitive and so learning to kind of get that stuff out of my system is is really important like you said for my mental health yeah and also just like calling like out toxic shit and cutting it out of your life is like like I used to be the opposite where I couldn't do confrontation and like wow what a revelation yeah I get rid of bad things yeah oh my god yeah yeah or you can just tell someone how you feel because otherwise you sit with it you sit with that weight so yeah and again it's so freeing and on a musical level that's again it's how this album feels like even the parts of it that are uncomfortable there's just so much, again, catharsis. It's the way that the album sounds. It's the loud guitars and the yelling. It's the lyrics being blunt, just all together. It's just like, I am not holding on to this. Yeah, <laughs> let it go. Yeah. So it's a very cleansing experience. Well, I guess the final thing then that I want to discuss is the final song, because I think that's the one that sort of stumped me a little bit. Um both in terms of where it sits on the album and it's sort of meaning. So do you think you could kind of, I guess, walk me through that one? Yeah, for sure. It's that one actually wasn't even going to be on the record. And when I was going through track listing it, um, I forgot to take it off like the track list and it just like kind of slapped into that one. And I really liked it. I think as a whole, the record to me was a lot of like letting go of anger and trying to stay positive. And so I liked the idea of sort of tricking the listener into thinking it was ending at hours and hours because it has this like long dramatic ending to it with all this noise. And it just seems like the perfect space to end the record. And I sort of liked that it threw you off a little bit um, when that kicks in, but also because that is just like my, relationship that I've always had with music and where I'm trying to be and what I'm trying to get out of it um and so it just felt good to kind of wrap up the record with that one but just you know constantly moving and moving and and trying to uh 
play bigger rooms and, and, and write more music and just continue this uh, as a career, which I just feel so lucky to be doing. It's just like, rarely do I stop and I'm like, oh, hell yeah. I'm, you know, like, I've done some really cool shit. I mean, I do think that, but it's just like constantly going. And so it's just funny to kind of put it all into like a little glass bottle and laugh at it and just be like, what did I want out of this? Like, why do I, you know, if I want more, what, what is it that I want and why do I want it? And I think it's good to also like give myself reality checks to make sure that my motives are, um, pure and not superficial since it's kind of hard to lose track of that with social media these days and so yeah it's just like about my uh relationship with the idea of being a musician I suppose (laughs) and I kind of I love that and it's I'm glad to know that me sort of being a little bit confused by it was actually for a good reason um that was totally the goal (laughs) (laughs) good because i was like wait what like we went through all this other stuff and now we're here what's going on but it's good as well i don't remember which episode i had this conversation with someone about but i like when things aren't always linear like i'm all for leaving on a hopeful message or leaving on a high note i think there's something really great about that but i also like records that end on these kind of notes and show like life doesn't always make sense and you know even though I've gone through this arc there's more arcs and more challenges that I'm gonna have to face in the future and that's totally fine yeah yeah totally sugar egg is available now wherever you normally get your music this podcast is hosted produced and edited by myself Sophia Lepercaro and the artwork is by Meg Welford